Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. You know, if you were in Edmonton today, you would think it's the third week of November. Not the third week of September. Next week, apparently, it's going to be quite nice, uh, mild during the course of the week. But it is snowing out right now in Edmonton. And, uh, well, that's that. hockey weather, man. That's what it means. Some guests on our show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Rebecca and the staff at Roos Chris, they'll take care of them. You can tell them Oilers now sent you. Uh, Roos Chris, the greatest steak you've ever had. Visit 19990 Jasper Avenue. And a reminder, every Wednesday night is date night. Bob Stoffer, a date night. You, you, I, I think it's probably not cool if you went on more than one date in the same. Mind you, there was that whole speed dating thing. Um, this is Oilers Now. We're live at the 630 Chet Studios. Off day for Edmonton tomorrow. Back on the ice, uh, or sorry, off day today. Back on the ice tomorrow at 12, uh, 1030 in the morning. Then uh, off to Winnipeg for a preseason encounter. Every... Friday on Oilers Now, courtesy of our friends at the River Cree Resort and Casino, Elliot Friedman joins us. A reminder, yes, indeed, Steve Earl, Sunday night at the River Cree. Let's bring Elliot aboard. Hello, Elliot. How are you? You know, good. You know, I was I was on in Calgary this morning. They told me that it was snowing there, and uh, it's like it's, it's 30 degrees Celsius in Toronto today. And I was like, no wonder you guys are always so grouchy that morning. Those morning show guys, they're always so grouchy. And then he, he had a uh, guy on Twitter, I think his name was J.J. Jagovec, said, sent me a picture, like, here's my car in Edmonton this morning. It had ice on the windshield. And no wonder all you Albertans hate Toronto so much. Now I understand it. It has nothing to do with the weather, Elliot. <laughs> it has to do with things like equalization payment. Uh, lack of control in order to facilitate ongoing developments, these sort of things. I think that's why a lot of... Oh, okay. And we're in a little bit better spot here. With all due respect uh, to uh, the challenges that people in northern Alberta are going through, I think it's even tougher down south. So my, I, I, you know this. I am not a hater of other cities. I, I have fun and poke fun in Toronto. I think the Leafs, are, by the way, I think the Leafs are going to have a hell of a team. I think they're going to have a great year. they got an excellent coach. they got real depth up front. Um, I could see Toronto finishing kind of like, with, you know, 52 wins, 105 points. I think that's... That's entirely possible. Who do you think is better between Winnipeg and Toronto, by the way? Oh, I, I think Winnipeg is the best team in Canada. Yeah. I do. And, and until, until proven otherwise, to me, the Jets are, are the best team in the country. You'll yeah. never guess, by the way, what I'm doing right now. Well, for one, you're not in your car. No, I'm not. I'm putting together a trampoline. Wish me luck. We have one in our backyard, too. Yeah. No, this is like a smaller one. For our little guy, yeah. But, uh, for Max, you think, yeah, you you think I was putting together like a nuclear weapon with the way these things come? Okay, the money you make, and you don't yeah, have whatever. the guys. You don't have the guys come from where you bought the trampoline to install it. No, you know what? Like I like putting things together myself. I'm not always good at it, but I always try to make the effort first before I hire someone or. You know what? My brother-in-law is really handy, too. So it'll, it'll be some combination of the two of us if I have to do that. But I always like to try myself first. 
Okay. Well, my wor- my wife uh, works for a, a bank in a yeah. role in a, in a. I can't say why. Well, I, 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 well, anyways, I'm a big fan of this bank. I think they're one of the best companies in our province. So that's given a hint as to which bank it is. Uh, technically, I don't even think they're allowed to call themselves a bank. Anyhow, I digress. Uh, yeah. We are from the school that our time is valuable, and yeah. I'm pretty much the least mechanically inclined person that may you know like the show Canada's Worst Handyman. Yes, yes. I, you know, how they didn't just call me up directly. I, I, I'm serious. Like, I, hey, that's why I never disparage guys. Like, you know, as people say, oh, you got a tough job. You guys missed the playoffs 11 out of 12 years. And, uh, you know, you're on a five-game losing streak. And I'm like, oh, yeah? A tough job is, uh, decide, you know, you're at the mercy of others as to whether or not you're going to work up in the oil patch. It's minus 18. Oh, and you're working on a service rig. And you got to sit there and you got to, you know, you got to change, change a tire because you're stuck in the middle of nowhere. I have total empathy for those guys that can do that sort of thing because I can't. Yeah, I, I am with you on that, uh, 100%. 100%. All right, so let's transition back to hockey for a second here. Yeah. Can you? Here, here's the challenge we have in preseason. The Jets come into town last night. They didn't have one of their top ten scorers from last year's team in the lineup. Okay? So McDavid, Nugent, Hopkins, and Ratty, and Connor, he wasn't 100% dialed in with all, like, We've seen, like, when they played against Tampa last year and he got four goals and Tampa's a pretty good team, he was going that night. Like, he wasn't really, which is not to say he wasn't putting in 100%. It's just not everything worked his way early in the game. And they ended up with 11 points. And, you know, we we have expectations for McDavid and Nugent Hopkins. But the qualifier is, how do you grade early preseason success for a guy like Ty Rowdy, who's got seven uh, points in two games, uh, three of the four goals he scored, McDavid and Nugent Hopkins weren't even on the ice for. How do you how do you grade something like that? Well, you know, the first thing is that I would say about Tyratty is like the one thing I, I believe very strongly is this: it's all impression than a bad one. You know, like everything in life. Right now, your coaches and your organization are looking at Tyratty and they're saying, "All right, you know, like uh, I like the way he started. We don't have to worry about that guy for now." I do generally have a rule, though, Bob, and that is that don't take anything you see in the first week of the preseason too seriously. Because the first week of the preseason, look, waivers weren't, you couldn't put anyone on waivers until today. Unless you were, unless you were terminating their contract. Like today, there's a whole bunch of guys on waivers. And those are the guys like Matt Molson, who won't be playing in Buffalo, or guys who are going to the American Hockey League. So now you're starting to get down to closer to the, the heart of the guys on your roster. And in week two, it is guys who, all of a sudden, the guys who are really going to play, they're like, okay, get me into a few more games so I can be tuned up and ready to start the year. And you're going to get some guys who sit there and say, when your roster gets down to 30 or 25, and they're going to say, wait a sec, I'm still here. Like, I actually have a chance to make this. I didn't think I was going to be here this year. So they really start going. I usually think the second week of games is a better indication of where, of what is really going on than the first. But I would just say for a guy like Tyratty, what he's done is he's shown his coaches, yeah, we don't have to worry about this. This guy showed up ready to play, and uh, we like that because we were counting on him for a spot. We're joined by Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Elliot's appearance is brought to you by River Creek Resort and Casino. Okay, um, 
Ryan McLeod. I know you put a tweet out a couple days ago. Here's the thing. And he hasn't been dominant and noticeable the last two preseason games. He's played the second of back-to-back in Vancouver after playing 22 in Calgary the night before. And we did not fly, by the way, from Calgary to Vancouver. We are stuck on the tarmac for three hours in Calgary, waiting to fly back to Edmonton, then turn around and flew back to Vancouver the next day. Um, never before has youth been served more than today in the NHL. Do you not agree with that? Uh, 100%. As a matter of fact, uh, I believe this year, for the first time ever, half the league is 25 and up. All right, he turned nineteen today, and he can yep. f- and he can fly, and not you know this perception. All oh, the orders, the you know, fast team. They always had young teams before in the old CBA, right? Because that's yep. you know they had to transition young guys in because they had to sell off their older veteran players. The fact is, they were a slow team. They played slow last year as a team, and they got to yep. get faster. He's still an outside chance to make the team. But I'm from the school, Elliot, never say never. Well, I agree with that. I mean, like, you know, you should give him a chance. And, he'll be, like, Ryan McLeod will make the decision for you. He's either going to play himself on or play himself off. But I don't see what's wrong with giving him a little bit of extra time to see where exactly you go. I just thought the story was really interesting yesterday, the other day, the one I saw on NHL.com about his stick and, and how many teams asked him about it during the combine or during the combine and the team interviews like that seems to me like i'm a big believer and you have to pay attention to detail to do yes. things properly as a team and the fact that he had so many different nhl clubs saying to him hey you know what about that stick and are you willing to change it uh that says to me that a lot of teams are kind of looking at it the right way the way you should be looking at it like a, a lot of us in the media fans we don't necessarily investigate the tools of the trade as much as a player would or a team would. And, you know, that, that, that to me seems pretty smart. But him as a player, first of all, happy birthday. And secondly, I would just say, you know what? You know, I have no problem with saying your second-round pick. You know, we're going to have you stay here a little later. You, you're going to decide if you make this team or not. But, you know, I, I don't think it's wrong with having him sit there and say, okay, let's watch a bit longer. Here's how Connor David, you know, plays prepares for a game. Here's how Oscar Clefbaum prepares for a game. Just to give an idea of, uh, and for like in the second week maybe against some more guys we're going to be in the NHL for sure so you can understand a bit more the speed and how quickly decisions are made. Like I've got no problem with that. I think when you're when you're a second round pick you, you probably have a longer lease than other guys. The team probably has a bit more invested in you than other guys. So I don't see what's wrong with trying to do everything you can to make sure that investment works. And again, I'm not saying he's going to be the next Patrice Bergeron or Ryan O'Reilly, but those guys were both second-round picks that immediately made their teams, and they were 18. This guy's 19. And this guy, with all due respect to Bergeron, who is a top-flight NHL center, maybe the best two-way center in the league, ultra-competitive, Right, all those things, and in O'Reilly's case, uh, you know, I watched O'Reilly a lot that year because the Oilers played Colorado six times. Uh, I, you know, Bergeron was fairly impactful from the get-go. O'Reilly was a little bit more subtle. Uh, neither guy skates like Ryan McLeod. McLeod now does McLeod have the compete? Does he have the hockey sense? Those guys did not at this stage yet, but mm-hmm. youth is served, and you got to be able to skate in today's NHL. So never say never. I agree with that, Bob. A thousand percent. Well, that makes for crappy radio. 
<laughs> Don't worry, we'll have plenty of disagreements this year. All right. I know your listeners love them. And they often side with you. What It, it makes me well, feel... because they're smart. It makes me feel bad about myself that nobody loves me, you know? <laughs> like my, like when your son refers to you as the driver, is that love? Or does you just know your role in that situation? That's the Well, question. that's better. My guy's like... Dad, could you open the windows? And once I've done that, I've basically fulfilled my usefulness. There you go. Elliot Friedman joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Uh, where do we go next here? Let's, uh, what do you think is the, 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 the most pressing story in a Canadian? Is it this, this whole scenario in Ottawa with the Senators, are the next two pieces? Are we looking at Mark Stone and, and uh, Duchesne now that you know Eric Carlson's been moved out of there? Does something have to give with ownership? Take me down that path. Well, you know, I, I just think that, um, you know, I, I really believe that Ottawa, you know, I, I, you know, you saw the interview we did this year, David, this week, David and and, uh, and I did with Pierre Dorian, where it got turned into a viral moment. And, you know, I just think that Ottawa and Montreal have this thing right now. And, and I think, Bob, in Edmonton, you can appreciate it because you kind of went through this for a while, too. Where there's just a crisis of confidence where nothing you do is going to work. Like, you can try whatever you want. You can do whatever you can. You can, you can argue about whether it's a good idea or not, like Ottawa doing that Eugene Melnick video. It's just, you know, the slightest thing goes wrong and everybody jumps all over you. Like, nothing you can do is right. And that's where Ottawa is right now. Um, you know, I, I just think that everything they try because there's absolutely no faith in the owner from the fan base. It's just met with derision, and it goes sideways. And, you know, I think right now um, the best thing you can do is to start the season and just play the games. Now, you know, I, I disagree with their decision not to give up next year's first rounder, but that's done. It's over, and you can't change that. And they're very excited to have Brady Kachuk, and maybe he comes out. And he plays so well, he makes believers out of people. And that's kind of what they need. But I just think right now, Bob, I think with Stone and Duchesne, I think that, like, Pierre Dorian said in that interview that they thought they were close with Stone during the summer. Um, you know, they'll take another run at it. But you got to think they've got to be willing to commit eight, eight and a half. Duchesne, he's probably going to be close to the same area. And I think that in those, because he's going to be the number one center on the market. And I think the biggest question they have right now is, how are Stone and Duchesne going to feel about giving up maybe the next three, four years of their career? You know if you stay in Ottawa now, barring a run, a miracle run, you're going to miss the next three years, three years of playoffs. I think that's a lot to ask of some guys. And... I just think that's a tough spot of where they are now. We're joined by Elliot Friedman, Bob Stoffer, with you on Oilers now. Elliot, does uh, the NHL have to change their discipline protocol with what occurred with uh, Max Domi? I, and by the way, I mean, I had this animated discussion with Louis yesterday. Uh, he was maybe even more centrist on this issue than I was because I'm from the school here. Like, you're engaged with the player. The guy, you know, you're sitting there chopping and chirping a bit protect yourself right that's kind of where i'm at so that probably doesn't surprise you like i was and i don't want to you know i'm not 
totally uh, given Domi a free pass here. I don't think I think it was a, a a bit of a cheap play. I don't think it was a sucker punch because of the fact that they were on, like he didn't skate up. You know, a sucker punch is what Derek Sanderson did to Bob Falkenberg in the Memorial Cup. That's one of the ugliest things you'll ever see, where you circle behind a guy and 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 sucker him without him even looking. That was a sucker punch. Um, the one. But anyhow, the fact that he gets suspended for the preseason game—I mean, come on—that's a joke. I mean, it's probably a two-game suspension. It was a bad play. But give me your thoughts. Well, you know, I, I've said this a couple of times today that I had a conversation with a GM yesterday, and and before the hearing with Domi, and he said the league's in trouble in this one. And I go, "Why is that?" And he goes, "Count how many preseason games Montreal has left." And I looked at it, and it was five. And the problem, Bob, is that if you want to suspend for more than five games, you've got to offer an in-person hearing. And, you know, I spent a lot of time, like I think a lot of guys over the last few years, trying to figure out the way suspensions work and if yeah. there is rhyme or reason to it. And one of the things I've learned is that if you're going to go above six, where it opens up the possibility for an appeal and arbitration and all that, you know, you have to have a lot of case letter law. I mean, you basically got to be a lawyer. And you can't find too many situations where somebody did what Max Domi did and got six games. So as this GM said to me, they're in a bad spot because they can't. If they want to go in the regular season, they've got to go at least six games. There's no way they're going to be able to make that stand up in front of an arbitrator. And so they're going to suspend him for five, and they're going to get ripped for giving him the rest of the preseason off. Like yeah. I texted this guy last night and said, you called it. And... He, and he said he, he knew it was going to happen. He said it was it was obvious to him. Now, so you can't, for an exhibition game incident right now, say, okay, we're not suspending you for exhibition games. You're going to get two regular season games. You can't do that. And now maybe, Bob, somewhere that will change. Maybe it becomes a CBA issue, and somewhere down the road they have a conversation about that. I could totally see that. But until that happens, Unfortunately, this is the way it is. About the sucker punch thing, you know, uh, Nick Kiprios felt the same way you did. Michael Rupp, I saw on Twitter, uh, felt the same way you did. You know, one of Aaron Eckblad's closest buddies is Willie Mitchell. And Willie Mitchell uh, tweeted criticism of Nick for saying it, which Nick defended himself on today. You know what? I think what it shows you, Bob, is just how the attitudes have changed. Sure. I think the way we grew up, and you and I are the same age, um, you know, we grew up that way. If you if if you were engaged with someone, you better defend yourself. But I think now the line has moved. You know, people don't yep. believe in fighting anymore. The concussion health, they don't see that as acceptable. And I could totally see how you know people from one generation would feel one way, and and people from another generation would feel a completely another way. And I think that's what this is, as much as anything else. It's a uh, it's a bit of a generation gap. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I operated under a simple principle, and my dad told me this when I was a big kid at eleven. Just remember, there's always going to be somebody tougher than you. All right. So, oh, absolutely. Right. So, be careful what you you know you don't want to. And that was just that whole like I you know now Ekblad stated back well there's you know there's going to be that he ba- I mean I'm paraphrasing here but he basically said there's going to be an opportunity for payback down the road now the league's going to have to monitor that right so 
and as far as I'm concerned, it's just, and it's ironic, I don't know if you'd remember this, but Matt Hendricks crushed Aaron Ekblad with a borderline yes, hit. Yes, I remember that. Right? Yeah. And then we went, we flew down to Florida, we all knew what was coming, and uh, there's Sean Thornton stretching in the warm-up, and Luke Gazdick, who dropped Thornton in Boston the year before. He, Luke had a good year that year. He 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 fought Lucic and did quite well, and then we went back in a uh, floor uh, into Boston, and, and he 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 got the better of Thornton. But Thornton was sitting there stretching, chirping, and Luke skated right up next to him in the in the warm up, and they had a little conversation, and then it was all you know taken care of, right? Uh, Hendricks knew he was going to have to fight somebody else, and I, I, now I'm trying to think of who that was. Maybe somebody can text us, but it wasn't. Aaron Eckblad, it was another one of the uh, Panthers. Might have been. I'm thinking it might have been Eric DeBranson who he ended up fighting. So, and you're right, Elliot. Different era, different generation. Okay, put you on yeah. the spot. Uh, spot thirty second or less answer. Who's the next high profile player that gets moved in the league? Oh. Oh. Thank you, Ryan Frankson. Yes, it was Eric DeBranson that fought uh, Matt Hendricks back in Florida. The next high-profile player who gets moved in the league? Yep. Uh, well, I mean, Ottawa is the easy one yes. to suggest somebody from there. I mean, off the top of my head, I, I think you, you have to go there. Like, I know some people would say, is it Nylander? I don't think Toronto's going to do it. I, I think they're going to hold. I really do think Toronto. What about Ju- what about Justin Falk to a place like uh, where's Mike Green right now? He's in Detroit. And what's going on with him? Well, yeah, like they said, he's not going to play for a bit, eh? So, I mean, Detroit has been in and around Justin Falk for a while now, and they got yeah, cap space Falk, because Falk's the LTIR, right? Falk's a good one, but you know, Carolina's asking quite a bit there, um, and I don't think it's going to be Panarin or Bobrovsky. I think I think Columbus is going to hold there. So, you know what, Justin Falk's a good guess. Uh, I can't argue with I, I can't argue with Justin Falk. I think that's a a pretty fair pick. Although I have no sense that anything like that is imminent. All right, Elliot, great stuff. We appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck uh, setting up the rest of the trampoline. Take care. You bet. That's see you later. Uh, see ya. That is Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Twelve fifty six in Edmonton. Brendan, I did it again two days in a row. So we're going to marry the, the two breaks. Is that cool with you? Can we do that? But not before that I tell you this, and it's an opportunity for you to be a part of something. Sweden and Germany sold out, but registrations now being accepted on Oilers Now Road Trips to see the Oilers in Nashville and in Vegas this year. These great packages include tickets, hotels, receptions. You never know who shows up at these receptions, plus parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Register now for the Oilers Now Road Trips. Call New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or online at newwesttravel.com. Eileen Bell up next with a global news weather traffic update. Around uh, 106-107, we'll hook up with Brent Sutter, the head coach of the Red Deer Rebels, who are in town tonight. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.